0: shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hello everyone and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. I'm Nathan. And I'm Charlie. We're your hosts for today. And we are coming to you today from our all-new sound studio at Forge
1: Base Camp in Denver, Colorado. That's why we might sound a little bit different than normal. Hey, that's good. So today we want to talk about A passage that you've probably heard a hundred billion quadrillion times, but I think we skim over it way too fast and we miss out on the truth and the reality of it. There's so much more to dig in on. Uh, We've spent time around the world, and it's just fascinating to hear perspectives on this passage from all sorts of different countries. Uh, I remember traveling throughout Sri Lanka. All across this island country, seeing God do wild things all over the place. And one of the statements that stuck out from a partner of ours that's working there among just planting churches, seeing disciples made among the unreached. He says, you know, Jesus's final command should be our first concern. Oh, that's pretty deep. His final command. What's his final command?
0: Right. And uh, it shows up a few different times in the scriptures. Mark 16, Acts chapter 1, verse 8. And also,
1: famously, Matthew chapter twenty-eight, the Great Commission. Indeed. So let's just kind of unpack this moment by moment. Uh, Jesus is with his disciples. They went to the ga- Galilee, and this is where Jesus had directed them to go. And then verse seventeen, when they saw Jesus, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus says to them, "All authority in heaven." And on earth has been given to me. Now we just got to pause there, I think. Right. What in the world does this word
0: authority even mean? Like, we all kind of assume that we know what it means, but what does it
1: mean here in this context? Right. I. I think too often we see that and we just pass by. How how many sermons do we hear on make disciples, make disciples? Not I, I think tons.
0: Or even go. Go there. Go for, make go, disciples. Go, 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 make, make.
1: <laughs> so many. Not too many. There's never too many right. sermons on it's, that. It's a really but, important sermon. But subject. so many. Uh, once in a while, go make disciples of all nations. We take that off quite often. But when is the last time you heard somebody talk about all authority? Right. So Jesus is giving
0: this command from a position of authority. And for Jesus to have authority, basically, it's talking about him being the king. And in an episode that we talked about just a few weeks ago, probably, uh, we talked about how when the king says something, we do it. Like when the king says go, you go. When the king says stop, you stop. When he says build this, you build that and so on and so forth. We're all familiar with that kind of concept of what it means to be a king. And Jesus has that kind of authority. It reminds me of that passage in, uh, I don't remember where it is right now off the top of my head, but when the, the Roman centurion comes to Jesus and says, hey, uh, my servant is sick, can you heal him? And Jesus is like, sure, let's go. And he's like, no, 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 you don't even have to come. I know what it means to have authority. Just say the word and I know it will happen. And lo and behold,
1: it, it does. I think that's so important it, it means that Jesus's voice is the weightiest we saw that in the Centurion man's life his voice had the final say uh, there's no person no plan no power that can stop Jesus there's no obstacles there's no hindrances for him why not he has all control all power all opportunity because he has all authority now as we look at this we have to ask great he has all authority where? in heaven and on earth and on earth so
0: basically all created places where living beings dwell jesus has complete and utter authority
1: everywhere on earth okay so that's on earth that's uh usa that's china that's iran (laughs) that's north korea that's the grocery store he has authority in all these places even in the darkest places uh i i think man okay what are the implications of that I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet this week. I don't need to fear. He has all authority. Uh, What about if I go make disciples in a dangerous place and people might come against me and try to harm me? I don't really need to be afraid. Jesus has all authority. And then the flip side of that in in heaven, I think we often only think of Jesus on his throne, uh, worshiping God for all of eternity, that kind of heaven. That's true. Of course he has authority there. But what about the spiritual darkness so i think of ephesians where it says uh we wage war not against flesh and blood but against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places so even there in places of sheer spiritual darkness the demonic realm that's just coming against those who know jesus and obey him even there jesus has all authority
0: right and consider this like when jesus eh, like talks to peter and he's like on this rock i'll build my church right there on that place in caesarea philippi the gates of hell will not prevail against the church it's the same basic concept jesus has all authority there's we're we're not going to encounter a a, a place including the gates of hell themselves where jesus does not have
1: authority big important piece his authority is the foundation for his mission It's the foundation for our obedience. It's the foundation for how we carry out the mission. I mean, we can't just skip that verse and forget about it. Jesus has all authority. All right. So moving on to the next section,
0: go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations.
1: All right. So go. That's a key aspect of this. (laughs) You mean don't sit on my couch and wait? Yeah. Like they're going to come to me, right?
0: Right, of course. Well, actually, I have prayed that Jesus would bring me people, and he has. So,
1: I mean... He can. He can. <laughs> but I think more often than not, we should be the ones going and initiating. We're right. to be the ones initiating, not waiting for a lost, dying world to come to us and say, hey, could you tell me about this? Right.
0: And I I find, I think you said, uh, it was Francis Chan who said this, that we wonder why our spiritual lives are so dry or so, like we feel stale. And we talk about wondering, like, when was the last time you were obedient? Yeah. When was the last time you went? Because where's where's the king? He's out on in the harvest mission. on mission. He's He went. He's just
1: asking us to go with him. I think that's a key piece. We're not through this passage yet, but we see at the end, behold, take note. Guys, look at this. I'm with you Always in the context of Jesus saying that is go make disciples of all nations. So man, I, that is Francis Chan. I love that quote by him. Like, man, you, you, you have a stale spiritual life. You're not hearing from God. You're not connecting with him. Are you making disciples? Are you being obedient in general? Yeah, (laughs) it's important. It is. Uh, now I, I think this verse, we also don't want to skip over too quickly thinking. We know everything we know about it. First off, how about all nations? Um, we don't talk about that enough, in my opinion. There are unreached people groups all over the world. Thousands of unreached everywhere people Everywhere across the nations, across the 1040 window, uh, which is northern Africa and all across Asia. And there might be even some in your own backyard, honestly. Potentially so. And, well, let's unpack that. So, first off, what does nations mean? It's not geopolitical boundary markers like we've got usa and then you cross the border and you've got mexico right and then you cross the border and uh you go into other countries it's not like that right what does that mean
0: ethnos right the greek word ethnos which is uh ethne ethne not to correct you oh thank I, you i appreciate it <laughs> i need to be corrected, corrected every once in a while but yeah it's talking about a distinct group of people with a language and a culture
1: yeah, I, if you think about a way to remember it is ethnicity. Right. So I think a better translation, in my opinion, would be tribes. Go make disciples of all tribes. I think it gives us that kind of connotation. Um, so we haven't finished the mission yet. Right. We could say, well, we've already gone to all nations. We're good. No, actually, there's a lot of tribes left who've never even heard the name of Jesus yet.
0: Which is completely and utterly heartbreaking. I was having a conversation just the other day um, where we we were going back and forth about whether or not it 's more important to be missional in your own backyard or more important to be missional overseas and i 'm not undermining the value of being missional in your own backyard in fact, forge our ministry is all about being missional in your own backyard wherever you are, whatever you 're doing, go and make make disciples the the problem is is that we have in many cases at least statistically speaking used that as an excuse to not go yeah. to all nations so let me set this up for you if you were to say want to learn something about Jesus and you live here in Denver Colorado but you've never heard anything about Jesus you could walk most likely, to the nearest church and listen to some very expert person tell you all about Jesus. You could get online and have access to thousands and thousands and thousands of web pages with great information about who Jesus is. You could, I mean, there's just, you could probably meet a believer. Hopefully <laughs> we're becoming less and less Christian here in Denver, but um, hopefully you, you even know. You, a could, believer. Though. you, you, could. you could find them. You right. could
1: go to a Barnes and Noble and pick up a Bible.
0: Right. There's so many opportunities, but in many places around the world where they still haven't heard the gospel, you can't, even if you wanted to, you don't have access to the Bible. You don't have access to Christians. You don't have access to churches. You don't have access to the internet to gain resources for those kinds of things. So this, this idea that we're like focusing on what's right in front of us. So, and, and not focusing on the, on the nations, it, it's a huge issue. And I think it breaks the, it breaks God's heart. Like he, he longs to see all people come to know him. And if we're If we're making excuses to not make sure that all people know him, we, I
1: I don't know, I think we might be headed for some kind of judgment. Yeah, I think it's really important. And we've talked about that on other episodes. Uh, Now, I think a key piece here is that word make disciples. What does that mean? I love this book called Discipled by Jesus by Robert Gelinas, the Navigators put out. Uh, Robert Gelinas is a great friend of our ministry. He's been on our speaking team as well. and An eloquent speaker. <laughs> incredible content that the Lord has revealed to him yep. as he studied this passage. We think, I'm going to go make disciples. I'm going to lead them in the right way. And there is an aspect that we need to be involved. But... uh I love what he says. He says, we often think this is like a relay race where I pass the baton, Jesus passed the baton to his disciples, and then they passed the baton and so on and so forth. On it goes, which I mean, that makes sense. Right. But it's definitely something I've heard before. He says, actually, the Great Commission is more like a three-legged race. Mm. Uh, Jesus is on this mission and we're joining him in it. And now, where does he get that from? It's Robert. Isn't just saying, Hey, I just came up with a cool new idea. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> no, <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> no, he's, he's going into the historical context. And so he's saying, okay, when there was a rabbi and his disciples, their his learners, his students, the rabbis, the teacher, uh, what would happen? Well, if the rabbi was dead, then that's how it would be. The the disciples be the the rabbi yes they would go out pass the baton and teach and they would become the teacher and then so on and so forth on down the lineage but if their rabbi was still alive they would go out and say hey you should come meet my rabbi you should know who he is and you should learn from him and so they were like Enrollment counselors This word is, is It's a funny word in English It's make disciples In the Greek it's one word It's, it's like discipleize. It's It's enroll them in the school of Rabbi Jesus As Robert Jelinek says So we're inviting them to come learn And be taught by Jesus himself Right And that's a really really big deal Right I mean
0: How much greater of a disciple maker Is Jesus himself
1: Than we are massively. And uh, before you start going, what on earth are you talking about? Think about it for a minute. Uh, you're saying, man, I, I just wish I could have had the nearness to Jesus that the disciples had. I just could wish that I walked when, when Jesus walked the earth. Hold on before you, you continue that thought because Actually, Jesus said, it'd be better for you if I left and gave you the Holy Spirit. And all of the prophets, all of the people throughout the scriptures looked forward to the day when they could live with the spirit of God in them. That, I mean, Christ in us is the mystery revealed. The spirit of Jesus, the spirit of God, the father, son, and spirit all living inside of us. That's the secret and mystery revealed. Right. So I'm not sure where you were going. Okay. So, uh, (laughs) All of that to say is, of course, Jesus himself can teach us still today. Okay. It's, it's not like, well, how can he teach me? He's, he's not walking the earth anymore and we don't have that access. What if we still did an even better access than the disciples had?
0: Understood. Yeah. He didn't stay in the ground. He rose from the dead. We shouldn't be leaving Jesus in the, we shouldn't be leaving him in the tomb because he's not in the tomb. It's, it's
1: empty. It's like we've been living as if he's still dead. Right. Oh, well, it's all on me. Now, that being said, there are things we're supposed to do. are right. It's not like we say, well, okay, hey, guys, Jesus, and he'll disciple you. Peace out. See you later.
0: Right. Before we get there, though, I just want to solidify. So what we're saying is G- because Jesus is alive, it's no longer a relay race. It's this three-legged race where we and Jesus are working together to disciple people. Uh, we're enrolling them, and he's doing the yeah, heavy lifting. He He transforms their life, not us. Right, and I I can testify to that in my own life. I sat in a church for 19 years. Almost every Sunday, like I literally was born and then went to church, you know, <laughs> like almost every Sunday of my life, I was in church, in Sunday school, youth group, all that stuff. I I didn't go to youth group every week, but I did go to church every week. <laughs> and like, I, all I'm saying is it was when I got up close to Jesus mm. that my life really began to change. Like, I, we've told you our stories before, but like, it was when I... Got up close, and I started to com- communicate with him through prayer. When I started to read his Bible with him, in m- read the Bible with him in mind, with him as my focus. When I started to be obedient to him, it was then that my life was completely flipped upside down and transformed. You would think that 19 years of going to church would be enough to transform your life. But I think people sit in pews 40, 50, 60 years, and they never get up close to Jesus, and they never see their lives transformed. But Mm. in a moment, in a moment of getting up close to the one true living God, everything can change.
1: I I think that's a key piece here on Make Disciples as well. Um, I just want to clarify, we're not against planting churches. We love people that do that, and I've watched people do an incredible job, but Jesus didn't call us as all believers to go and plant churches. Right. He didn't say, I'll just go make a program and hope it works out. He said, go make disciples. And if you remember his words, Jesus said, I will build my church. So I've heard it said, and I believe it's true. Speaking of Caesarea Philippi. Yes. Matthew 16. (laughs) Yeah. um, I've seen this played out time and time again. How many people start a church program with great intentions, doing a great job and, disciples are never made. People don't obey Jesus. They show up for a program every Sunday morning, but go make disciples. And there you're going to find the church. Right? They're going to start gathering together. They're going to start having fellowship. They're going to start walking in obedience to Jesus because you're focusing on that. And boom, you're going to start seeing a church plant and growing. And there are ways to do a, a it well. Re, a
0: real biblically defined church. Yes. A, a, a church composed of people who are seeking Jesus together. I mean, that's what the the Greek word that we translate into church, that's what it means, ecclesia, Assembly. the gathering. Yeah, Yeah.
1: And I think if we were to focus more on disciple making as well, we would see people growing spiritually. If that was our main vision to make disciples, man, it's going to happen. But if the main vision is, Will come come to a program it, it may never happen right I mean
0: how many and, and this is no judgment like but how many teenagers graduate from youth group and then totally ditch Jesus because they, or the church I mean they, <laughs> they t- didn't really the know him right they didn't know him right they didn't love him and and I mean how many people when their life gets rough they 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 they, they just leave. Like I was reading in uh, Matthew just yesterday where he talks about the, the soils and the seeds and all the different soils being all the different hearts and, and God seed, the word of God being thrown out. Like we see those things and it's the deep roots, the the roots that are, that have engaged with really who Jesus is that,
1: that lasts for a long time. Yeah, I, man, uh, there's so much to be said about this. Um, <laughs> I think about also reaching all the nations, all the tribes, all the people groups. How are we going to do that if we just have programs? It's never going right. to happen unless disciples are making disciples, are making disciples, and we see a movement happening where I go and lead someone to Christ and train them to obey Jesus and then they in turn go and do the same and those people go and do the same, like Paul saying what you've heard me say in the presence of many reliable witnesses to Timothy and trust to faithful ones who will be able to teach others also. You see four spiritual generations, Paul to Timothy to others to others in Second Timothy two, two. What if we lived the same way, saying, I'm gonna multiply people because if I don't, we're never gonna reach everybody with the message of Jesus.
0: Right. And that's really, really essential because addition doesn't work. No. Like, here's what we mean by addition. Let, let's let imagine that me and him have the skills of Billy Graham to draw massive crowds every, every week. Let's say that we were preaching to 10,000 people a week j- m- between us. 10,000 people a week. And...
1: They all gave their lives to
0: Christ. 100%. <laughs> with all legitimacy, truly gave their lives to Christ. Any idea how many years it would take for us to reach all of the non-Christians on planet earth, not just the unreached, but well, all let's of the say non-Christians. it's like
1: seven or eight billion.
0: Right. I don't know. It's 10,000 years. Okay. At, at 52,000 people a year, it takes 10,000 years.
1: That's a long time. That's a long that's, time. And that's a, I mean, that's a massive impact.
0: Right. 52,000 people. I would be praising the Lord if 52,000 <laughs> people came to Jesus because of my life, but every week, Oh, every year. Every year. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd be praising the Lord, but that's not happening. I can tell you it's not happening. And even if it did, it wouldn't be enough. People would still
1: die separated from Jesus. So, on the other hand, if you were in a year to train one or two people to do the same thing you're doing, and then they, in turn, would go and do that and So, that first year, you just have two people. The second year, you'd have four, four. Well,
0: six or eight because they each did two. And it keeps going. Right.
1: And after something like 30 years, you'd reach the whole world. All, like the entire population of planet Earth. Eight billion. Yeah. So, we're not against preaching to crowds. Uh, We're not against evangelists with large crowds leading hundreds and thousands to Christ. We think that's an amazing thing that should still continue to happen. But we should not negate spiritually multiplying and reproducing true disciples of Christ.
0: Equipping people to go and actually do what Jesus told
1: them to do, which is what we get to next. Which one point on that, too, before we jump into that final word on go make disciples. Um, When we gather as a local church, which we believe is highly important, we believe in the local church. You should be a part of one if you're not. Uh, our purpose: we gather to scatter. We, I love that incredible statement. I didn't make it up. But we, <laughs> we gather to scatter. We don't. We our purpose is not the gathering. Our purpose is the is the glory of God and His mission on earth. So we gather to scatter. We gather to be equipped for mission. Then we go out, love people with everything we can, and tell them about Jesus. That's that's really what should be happening. Is we come together in the church to worship Jesus together to have fellowship with each other, to be encouraged, and then to get back out on mission. Right. So, anyway, back to the text. Next part, what's it look like? What does it mean to
0: teach people to do what Jesus told them to do? So, there's a couple of things included
1: here. Number one, baptize them. Yeah, so baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So, that's just a symbol of their life has been transformed. The old is gone. The new has come. They're they're buried with Christ. Their sin has been killed on the cross with Christ. Their new life is left behind, and now they're walking in the newness of life and saying, I am now connected. I resonate. I find myself in Christ with his name. I'm baptized into him. My old life is gone. My new life is what I'm walking in, and I'm publicly Declaring that.
0: Right. I think it's really symbolic, right? Of course. But I also think that the reason that we see in the book of Acts that people get baptized so quickly is it functions as this moment that you can look back on and say, that's where I decided I was all in for Jesus even if it's not theologically (laughs) that statement. But in that moment, you can look back over the course of your years of following Jesus and be like, it was in this moment that I publicly declared, Hey, I, I follow Jesus. I'm all in. He, 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 my life belongs to him. I I am his.
1: Yeah. And uh, I I noticed with baptizing, and then you'll notice in the text, teaching them to obey all that Jesus has commanded. These two things. I wonder about, first off, who should do those?
0: (laughs) The pastor? If you belong to certain denominations, only
1: the pastor. I think every believer. If every believer cannot baptize people and teach them to obey Jesus, then every believer cannot make disciples. Hmm. And I believe that Jesus grieves when we don't. This world will never be reached with his message if we don't. We, as believers, must stand up and say, I'm going to get after it. I'm going to go make disciples of Jesus which means if I lead them to Christ, boom I can baptize them and mm-hmm. I can start to train them to obey Jesus as well and I I just wonder if that was our model more than uh, well, the pastor does it once a year on the special Sunday morning I wonder if more quickly people would say, man I've, I've believed in Christ I'm going public with it and they're being discipled to obey Jesus himself therefore They're going to say more quickly, I'm publicly connected to Jesus. Right. I identify with Jesus publicly. Right. And
0: we, I think, while we're on this subject, I think we've done a horrible job teaching people to obey Jesus. Um, I'm not sure why. I'm not sure where it got lost but for whatever reason, we've downplayed the value and importance of obeying Jesus and upplayed all of the benefits of being a Christian. So we've said, hey, you're saved from your sin and and you're set free and you can have eternity with God in heaven and you can have a relationship with God here and now. And then we forget to say, and oh, by the way, it's time to stop, you know, watching pornography or it's time to stop, you know, being greedy or it's time to stop, you know, putting yourself first and worshiping yourself in a prideful way. It's time to, you you know, like we we say all the great things, but avoid everything else. And I wonder also if we would see a much more aggressive growth if we took Jesus' advice and actually taught people to obey him. Not and his not advice, just, his command. <laughs> yes, thank you. His command to not just tell them the good stuff of following
1: him, but to teach them how to obey his commands. And, I mean, that's what Hudson Taylor said about the Great Commission. He says, the Great Commission is not an option to be considered. It's a command to be obeyed. Hmm. Man. And that's for every believer. Um, We can't just consider, I think most of the time, oh, well, you know, I'll think about it. Maybe one day I'll make a decision. It's kind of hard. I don't really have time. It's a command of Jesus. If we're his followers, this is what we do.
0: Right. So, maybe you're wondering, all right, so I really do want to make disciples. I want to, I want to, or I want to enroll
1: other disciples in the school of Rabbi Jesus. And and by the way, before we transition I I want to just comment on that last part about teaching them to obey. Okay. So, so teaching them to obey Jesus is not a legalistic thing. It's, a love thing. Amen. Jesus said, the one who loves me obeys my commands. So really what we're doing is teaching people to love Jesus. How can you love him? How can you love him? How can you love him? What does that look like in your everyday life? So boom. And then we transition to, okay, so to make disciples means we're going to help people love Jesus more.
0: Amen. Yeah. That can't be overstated. Like we've way misinterpreted what it means to be a obedient to Jesus like it is crucial that we understand that this is a love act not a legal act
1: yeah and I think kind of Nathan what you were saying if we walked in obedience to Jesus actually on the positives and the negatives of forsaking our sin embracing the obedience of the life that God has for us I think we'd experience more of the fullness of the life of Jesus that he has more of the peace more of the joy all these things that are incredible Come right. with the obedience to Jesus.
0: I was, uh, we have a mutual friend who talks about how watching someone decide to follow Jesus is like the highest high. <laughs> and and after watching someone defi- decide to follow Jesus, I can attest, like, the, it really, mm. it's just like, it's joy and and satisfaction and completeness that you just, it's, it's just this side of addictive I would say
1: (laughs) I would say it is it's it's a worthy addiction man seeing people give everything to Jesus and what he's about I just I want to see more and more of it more people saying Jesus is my teacher he's my Lord he's my King I follow him he teaches me David said this in the Psalms he says Lord you have taught me you yourself have taught me Mm. if David and the Psalms who didn't walk with Jesus could be taught by God himself. And now we have the spirit of the living God indwelling us. How could we not also be taught by him Amen. and trained by him?
0: Absolutely. So how do you do it? What, what, what's a, where, where do do you start? What, what,
1: what, what can people do? (laughs) Sorry. I have a stutter today. Apparently. I think that's a good question. I think, Number one, it, it we've shared this on many other episodes. Go out and share your testimony. Tell people who what Jesus has done in your life. They're gonna be hooked. Then you can Who should them. I share with? Anybody who doesn't know him, anybody you meet, everywhere you go. This is go, go where? Everywhere. Anywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Mark sixteen says preach the gospel to all creation, every creature. Yeah. I don't Not know that means my dog. No, I don't think it means your dog. <laughs> for practice, maybe. <laughs> for I'll practice, practice on my dog. Uh, so we do that with everybody. Somebody wants to believe in him and follow him. Great. Let's start meeting together and say, hey, here's what it looks like to pray. Here's what it looks like to spend time with God. Here's what it looks like for you to go reach the lost. Now that you've given your life to Christ, you can immediately start to reach others. Here's here's what it looks like. Let's get in the scriptures together. Talk about it. What does it mean? And how can I walk in obedience to this in my life this week? Right. And maybe you're thinking to yourself, well,
0: that's all well and good, but like, I can't even, I I, I don't, I can't even share, like, I don't even know how to talk to people really. Like what, what, what can, how about this? What can really shy or anxious or introverted people do and if you have a few ideas i have a few ideas
1: that's yeah no that's great i for one we have to get out of our bubbles and connect with people or we're disobedient to jesus period yep. now how do we do that uh man okay start a conversation and ask questions just hey how's your day and uh you can here's a little fun secret you can google good questions to ask people at parties and stuff <laughs> and you'll find them there uh icebreaker questions like hey what was a highlight of your last month or what's a book you're reading recently how did it impact you and right uh, just learn to ask good questions and then from there you're going to find bridges to say you know in my life and you can share your testimony
0: right and like what you said really strikes a chord with me at some level you're just going to have to be uncomfortable like there's no way around it if you're an introvert who doesn't like talking to people like me you don't know that about me but it's true Like, I I really struggle to talk to people. At some level, you just have to choose that Jesus is more important and his call is more important than your comfort. And that's just the reality of the
1: situation. His authority is enough. Right. We need to realize the extent of the authority of Jesus. If we can't fulfill it, we have a lesser view of his authority. Right.
0: And ultimately, I think that we will... Be surprised if you're willing to take a, a a leap of faith, if you will, a step of faith, and 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 reach out to somebody and just start a conversation and see where it goes and and see if you can share your testimony. You might be surprised at how Jesus comes through because I think mm-hmm. that's the other reason people don't share is we, uh, for lack of a better phrase, I think we have trust issues with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he says, "Lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the age," and we're like, I don't know. Uh, like he's with us he'll give you what you need in fact if you're if you're worried about it pray ask him to give you what you need specifically say you know what jesus Uh, i'm really nervous can you give me the words to say like i can't tell you the number of times i've prayed that prayer like this week you know (laughs) like that that happens to me all 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 the time so if you're shy if you're introverted do not fear like take a it's okay challenge yourself be willing to get out of your comfort zone say hi to someone start a conversation research some some of those conversation starters and see if there's a place where you can yeah. share your testimony we're not at all saying <clears throat> be belligerent stand on the street corner we're not against street corner preachers necessarily but we're not we're, we're not against saying the
1: angry content of what people do when they do that right but but we're we're not saying that's what we ex- think everyone should do what we're saying uniquely
0: right what we're saying is when you when you're sharing like it can look like you and for me it, it oftentimes looks like me sharing just a little bit of how Jesus changed my life. I, I did it just yesterday and even though the other person was kind of like spiritual but not a Christian, they were like excited and responded yeah. to the excitement as I shared my story with them. I got kind of like I even went longer than the recommended 2 minute testimony that we've talked about many many times. And the person was just like, wow, thank you so much for sharing. I don't know if I want to believe right now, but thank you so much for sharing. So,
1: And I think it's not always a stranger either. We believe in everybody, everywhere, ministry, but it could be your friends. It could be your family. It could be your neighbor. You already know them. You already have the relationship. What's the next step to say, hey, how can I help them in their obedience to Jesus, whether they believed yet or not? It might be, yeah, I'm going to share my testimony. If they haven't believed, it might be, man, would they be willing to meet with me and just learn about Jesus, get into the word of God together, choose some stories to talk about him. Or maybe they have believed, but they're not really walking in obedience. Same thing. Would they be willing to meet with you and say, hey, could we just get into God's word together and just see what he wants to show us? I've been really thinking about that lately. Would you join me? And then see if they'll join you and you can get into it and just read a passage each week and say, man, what's this say? what's the meaning of it and and what are what am I going to obey this week to follow Jesus and how about you mm-hmm. and it could be that simple as well to start taking those steps it's not just the the tip of the spear side where you share your faith with those who don't know him yet or you haven't even met those people but then what what does it look like after you get past the tip of the spear it's it's some of this let's dig in together and see what God wants to do
0: always pointing people towards Jesus through the word through obedience, through, uh, yeah, through the word and obedience, honestly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, uh, there you go. The Great Commission. Maybe some things that uh, you haven't thought about before because they were encouraging and challenging to us as well. Uh, so thank you guys so much for joining this episode of Fuel. For the harvest. Would Don't you... forget to like and subscribe.
0: Yes. We really, really appreciate it. We really appreciate when you're willing to share uh, this content, especially if you find it valuable. It's a huge blessing to us.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So share this on your social media or whatever. Uh, thank you guys for joining. God bless you and see you next time.